Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. friends, welcome back to the show. I've got a special guest on. He is a fellow Chicago Bears fan. Go Bears, or maybe we should feel bad about the Bears. I don't know. Either way, we're with our Bears. Every Bears fan sticks with those Bears, I feel like, right? That's right. Hey, I'm with Bill Allison. (laughs) He is the founder of Cadre Missionaries. Bill travels around to all sorts of different churches and conferences and teaches people how to create disciple-making friendship communities like Jesus and was able to connect with him actually through my twin sister. So that's a fun connection. Right. And, um, was able to read his book, disciple making the disciple making genes of Jesus. And I was like, Whoa, Bill, we wrote a really similar book. This is so fun. And so, um, so super excited to have Bill on the program today. Also, Bill knows how to make disciples because man, he's had seven kids y'all seven that is a troop of his own that's a basketball team plus two subs to come in whenever you need them bill that's really good (laughs) yeah so welcome to the show bill hey thanks for having me yeah you bet you bet so you know in your book and in uh the life of jesus in the first century we see a lot of focus on community and doing life together that was just part of the dna of the jewish community and you know, I think you would probably agree with that, that somewhere along the line in our Western world, we lost sight of that. And discipleship became more about a program and what we could get people to do or participate in than it was about something that people joined in together, right? A simple, simplistic, mm-hmm. like I kind of mentioned in the, the pre-show, you know, that we're, we're all trying to figure out what discipleship can and should look like in our ministries. And we're trying to get a hold of all the people that are really smart, like give us the master's degree answer. And I feel like Bill just gave us the answer and it's awesome. And I love it. It's super simple. It's basic. It's foundational. It's grounded in scripture and in understanding Jesus from his Jewish context. And it's something that's super applicable to any youth minister who wants to start making disciples in their ministry. So Bill, tell me what uh, is (laughs) disciple making friendship of Jesus. What is that? What is that um, that you talked about in your book? Can you share with our listeners? Yeah, Heather, sometimes I think um, we're looking at a big eye chart and there's this great big E on the top. Yeah. And we're so busy reading the, the lower lines, trying to figure out what those are. And uh, I feel like so often we miss the big E on mm-hmm. the eye chart. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, the way we've reinvented Jesus I mean, we really have tr- almost everybody hijacks the person of Jesus for their own cause. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are downright crazy causes that Jesus would never have nothing to do with. But you and I are here together right now having a conversation 2,000 years after Jesus lived his life mm-hmm. and he died and he was buried and he rose again. So 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Jesus and how he made disciples. Not just, I love Jesus's um, um you know, redemptive mission, his death, burial, and resurrection, because that's how we get reunited to God the Father yeah. uh, through this is death, burial, and resurrection. But we have totally missed mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, his, his way of life as a mission. 
And so um, that's become kind Mm. of a a theme in my, so it all started when we, um, you know, I, I, I have a, I got saved at 15. It's a long story, but no no Christians in my family, but um, my mom received Jesus Christ. She was a bartender and her bartending friend received Jesus. And then she shared with my mom and, and so almost every way in my in in my journey with Jesus, uh, Jesus came to me through a relationship with someone who knew and loved Jesus. And then a youth leader, a volunteer youth leader, uh, pulled me close. And it was about the friendship. It wasn't a friendship to change me or grow me. He just loved me. Mm-hmm. And in the context of that friendship. And then as I studied Jesus and I became more and more obsessed with the person of Jesus. And by the way, I'm not afraid to use that word uh, obsessed because if you get obsessed with ministry, youth ministry, whatever kind of ministry, it makes you weird and sick. Mm -hmm. But if you're obsessed with the person of Jesus, it brings healing and clarity to you. Yeah. So I think we've missed Jesus as a person uh, and as in his mission. And so, but I look back in my, uh, you know, the way God came to me was through people, through relationships, through people I knew, love and trusted. And so to me, as I studied Jesus, I was like, that's exactly what Jesus does. He steps out of, uh, you know, 2000 years, you know, he steps out of eternity 2000 years ago, he lived among us. And I have to believe we have four gospels. So we could not only just love his redemption mission, but his, but his uh, disciple making mission as well, too. So that's become my thing. Yeah, I think you hit on some key things there is that there were, and we can all say this, that there were relationships tied to our experience in knowing Jesus and coming to know Jesus and becoming his follower. And so you in your book really just drive that home. Like, how do we move towards creating relationships that point people towards Jesus? So you wrote in your book that discipleship is a person driven life. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier, you know, so much of is like a purpose driven life. And I think there's something to be said about that, Mm -hmm. but really it's a person driven life. I work in some circles of Christianity where, Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're in love with the gospel and who isn't because it's the greatest story ever. Mm -hmm. But if we emphasize disciple making, we only get a part of Jesus. And if we emphasize the gospel, we only get a part of Jesus. But the irony is if we fall in love with the person of Jesus, uh, then I think we get the gospel right. I think mm. we get the making right. And so I think we're just kind of used to just chipping around the corners of things. So I actually believe we're in trouble if we if we only get a little piece of Jesus, we're missing the rest of him. So I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the whole Christocentric, mm-hmm. Christotelic. Jesus is everything. Yeah. And if I have the person of Jesus right, then I'm going to get the gospel right. I'm going to get disciple making right. I'm going to get loving my neighbor right. Um, you know, it just it'll help us kind of uh, not end up in a camp per se. Yeah. But know what the redemptive uh, values of all yeah. those things are. Yeah. So as a, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there's an expectation, and and you know, and there's nothing wrong with a program, right? We have kids come on a Sunday night, right, from seven to eight thirty or something like that for youth group. And programs are good. However, sometimes the program can be such a strong focus that there's no discipleship happening. And so my question for you is, is that how can youth ministers maximize their time, their programs with students where it's actually making disciples and not just one more program? Yeah, well, then you're going to have to 
stop talking so much. Yeah. Uh, because if if you if you whatever program every Sunday is a program, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not anti-program, but what what would I could go to church in any part of the uh, country today? And uh, again, I love church. I mean, I'm I preach across the country. I do all this stuff. I'm, well, I live to make the local church. Uh, engage with Jesus and disciple making. So that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. But sure. literally in our culture, we could go to church and not talk to a person and call it church. And there's over 41 another verses in the Bible, pray for one another, encourage mm-hmm. one another, bear with one another, love one another. Mm-hmm. You just go on and on. So my question is, where is that happening if it's not on a Sunday? And so right. same thing, same thing with the youth ministry. Uh, if, if the youth ministry isn't actually, um, if it's just a lecture, and then mm-hmm. everything, you know, one thing after another, and you're just leading yeah. the whole group for everything. Well, there's a lot of ways we can take an hour and a half youth ministry, a two-hour youth ministry program, and spend 50% of that in meaningful conversation around the Bible. That's right. There's a way that we can spend that time praying together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, to me, I think programs must have uh, a relational component, not doing stuff to and for people, but moving to with people. Ooh, that's good. I think that's a tweet, Bill. Uh, I know we're both too old for Twitter, but I think you just threw a good tweet down that, can you say that again, that it's ministry? It's not, say it one more time. I'm going to butcher it. Okay. I think we've all been trained. If we've been any kind of theological training or ministry training, we've all been trained to do ministry to people and for them. Yeah. For example, we know that kids aren't reading their Bible. So I got to have a half hour, 45 minute message Mm. from one great big spiritual supper so that it'll wow. last them. No, no, none of that actually, actually works. So you just say, instead of doing ministry to people and for people, we have to do with people count yeah. how many times right now in our disciple making learning communities, I got one in rock falls, Illinois, and one in, in Rantoul, they're all reading the gospel of Mark and they're writing TW Jesus had time with, and uh, I can't wait to see how many times they find Jesus getting time with people, because that's what we need to do if we want to move from two or four ministry and yeah. one program versus being with people. And in that program, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. If you give me a two-hour time with students, I can I can do probably six or seven things within that time mm-hmm. that will be meaningful interacting with God and each other. Yeah. Give us some ideas. What well, does that look like? Yeah. Let's study scripture for 15 minutes and, and mm-hmm. let's talk about you know, who is God and what is he doing? And, and, you know, how are, who are we in that passage? You know, those kinds of things. Mm. And uh, Then we pray for each other. That could be another 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, And then we can, you know, share our ups and downs because TW, you know, what's the greatest thing going on in your life this week? And what's the worst thing that's happened this week? And we do all that kind of stuff. So there's just, there's so many different, then we can go serve together. We can, we can actually, you know, share stories with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of various things that we can do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're, yeah. We're good at programming. We can do that. That's really good. I actually have been con- convicted or convinced. I don't know if it's the right word, but recently that, um, that youth ministry moving forward needs to be youth ministers focused on training other youth leaders how to have their own little pack of disciples in a small group, creating their own little tiny little close-knit of kind of like their own little youth group, so to speak. It's We get so focused on like, well, I've got 50 or 60 or 100 kids coming to my youth group. 
whatever the case may be. And we feel accomplished. We feel like we're accomplishing something great for the kingdom. When I'm, I'm really convinced and convicted that what would honor God more in the life and transformation of discipleship in a young person is actually equipping uh, adults to raise up their own little group of disciple makers in the word together, praying together so that a youth pastor doesn't go, oh, look at me, hundred kids, listen to my awesome message that I spent three hours working on this week, man, that 30 minute message just killed it, right? Like we, we feel good about it, but like, wouldn't it be better to invest ourselves in training other adults on how to go and love kids and go deep with them in relational discipleship, right? Yeah. And I think what we're seeing today is if you, you can, if you're a great speaker or whatever communicator of God's word, you can hold a, a large group of kids and they'll come to show up, you know, uh, because you're interesting or funny or, you know, sure. whatever you have, tell good stories. But, you know, the real test of anybody's ministry is what happens when you leave. And let's be honest, uh, this isn't limited to youth ministry. This is limited. This is pretty much all ministry. Sure. When someone who's a great speaker leaves, really everything kind of falls apart. Yeah. Now, interesting to me, when Jesus dies and he resurrects from the dead and goes to the ascension in Acts chapter one and to reign at, you know, at God's right hand, the father, uh, his ministry actually gets better. And he even <laughs> said, yeah. it, it, it actually spreads to the whole world, right? Yeah. And it takes over, it, 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 in 300 years, it dismantles the Roman Empire. Wow. I mean, that's, right. that's what Jesus' disciple-making movement did. So mm -hmm. the real test of anybody's ministry out there is what happens when you leave. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if you leave and everything falls apart, then it really was just, you know, building it on your gifts. And a lot of people can do them. But I'm much more interested in in, in Jesus yeah, and uh, make people love Jesus. My, my favorite uh, leaders aren't people that preach a message that I'm like, well, I could never have gotten that out of it. My mm. favorite people make me go, I'm going to go study that passage. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really great, yeah. you know, and they make yeah. me want to be in the word, not, you know, worship the person preaching. That's really good. Oof. Ooh, Bill, you hit on some good stuff. That's really good. And I think a lot of um, us, if we're being honest at, and maybe the ickiness of our own ego, we, the thought of like stepping aside and becoming more of a, um, a giver of ministry than a doer of ministry feels super scary. And um, because again, I think sometimes those of us who are or have been employed at churches feel a sense that if we're not doing it, then we are somehow showing ourselves to be maybe incapable or not good enough to accomplish the leadership that it takes when really leading is about sharing ministry. It's about equipping and empowering others to lead. But I think you hit on something so key that we do things for people. And because, you know, like people like myself who are in Enneagram three loves doing things. I love creating things. I love do, you know, kind of having the crowd or whatever. And it, it, it excites me to have that kind of thing. And, and so for me, it's, it's, it's very challenging. I have to, I've had to retrain my thinking to think small instead of thinking like large group. I've had to really train, retrain myself to focus on, okay, not how many are in the room, but who is in the room. Right. And if there's two students in this room, then I'm going to love them as deeply as I possibly can with as much effort as I can, like Jesus would instead of, because the thing is Bill is like, I've, and you know this, right? Because you've been around the block a time or two. And so have I, and 
who were the people that meant the most to us? They were the ones who took the time to care, to ask questions, to invest in us. It wasn't the ones who, you know, did the ministry. It was ones who ministered to us. Those are the ones. And so that's what I've been really focusing on as I've gotten older is becoming somebody who ministers to students, excuse me, becoming somebody who ministers with students, not just to them and, and to make the most of every opportunity, albeit small, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. So yeah. Any, any final thoughts on friendship, making discipleship of Jesus. And next week we're going to dive into what are kind of some of the practical ways that any youth leader can apply this to their own ministry, but any last thoughts on disciple making that you would want to share this morning or today? I'm sorry. Well, um, when we started 20 years ago doing uh, disciple making learning communities. So it's a place where we gather to study Jesus, live Jesus and multiply whatever we're doing. We're, it, all I had was youth leaders awesome. and uh, I was content to my uh, days, days life. I'm just going to keep working with youth leaders. But what I found out was a lot of them didn't have a lot of volunteers working with them mm. is, is part of the, and, and they're, and this is important. They need to prove, I understand this. I was a youth pastor for eight years. They, we need to prove that you hired the right person yeah. and we can get this done. But somewhere in that process, this can't be about us mm-hmm. because it's about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Paul says in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, God gives pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And the reason I have so many senior pastors now as a part of our group is because those youth leaders went home and they started training volunteers. And that, here's what happened. I said to this one youth leader, I said, you need to get at least one volunteer to work with you. And all you got to do is teach them to love God and love kids. That's all you got to do. Just teach that volunteer. Now there's two youth pastors, one paid and one volunteer. Yeah, that's right. So basically what happened was he kept finding volunteers and pretty soon when you have a lot of volunteers loving on kids, a bunch of kids show up yeah. because they get loved on, right? right? Yeah. And they have a relationship with a real person, yes. not just a figurehead standing at a stage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, basically what happened is a bunch of senior pastors began to ask me what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. How are you? And so all that to say, it, youth ministry is not rocket science. It's love God and love people. And it's helping volunteers love God and love students. And the more you can yeah. do that or your youth ministry will have a, a, not just a sense of a program, but kids will be loved. And when they're loved, they'll want to follow Jesus with you. And that's the whole relational piece of this thing. Yeah. I, I'll wrap it up with this one thing. I remember reading in a book. I do not remember the book. This was years ago um, that this teenager shared that spending time with their youth pastor was like spending time with Jesus. And at that point in my life, I was like, I don't think the students who I minister to could say that about me. And and at that time, I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. But I think what you've given us right here has the potential to help every youth ministry leader have their kids say that about them. If they would just simply apply these really simple, basic, like if anybody's listening, they're going to go, well, there's nothing rocket science about this. But again, it's, it's it's not rocket science. It's just... (laughs) <laughs> it's the way of life that Jesus did when he came to making disciples. And so friends, we hope that this conversation has been grounding for you and has helped you in knowing more about Jesus and his way 
of friendship making discipleships. And next week, we're going to dive in further talking about time with and K4 and D3. Yeah, all in. I know you have no idea what that means. It feels like chemistry, but trust me, it's not chemistry. It's discipleship. So next week, we'll see y'all then. And Bill, thanks for joining us for a great conversation today. Bye. Bye.